learning at Nova Community Church. Lifelong learning is what we're instructed to in the Word of God. Today, two passages of Scripture. First, Deuteronomy 6, Moses' words to the people of Israel, words from God. And then, secondly, Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 11. So, Deuteronomy 6 and Matthew chapter 11. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you a land with large, flourishing cities that you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plan. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When it comes to learning, we tend to equate learning with what happens in a program of education, don't we? We institutionalize learning. We package it. We schedule it. We program it. Learning is what takes place in our children's ministry and youth groups, in our small groups and Bible studies, in our Sunday morning classes. If you thought ahead at all to what I might say about learning at Nova Community Church, you probably thought this morning I would emphasize the importance of the various classes and programs we have and intend to have here at uh, Nova. Uh, make sure that you all are on board for that aspect of our new congregational life. But if we understand correctly this 
text from Deuteronomy, what churches like Nova might do in Christian education programs is only a part of the way in which God intends to prepare people for life and not even a major part of that way. In this sermon, I have the title, Life Learning. I've called God's Way Life Learning. It's life learning for two reasons. First, because it's learning for life, and second, because it's learning in life. It's learning for life. Learning is not merely the acquiring of data, the collecting of information. Rather than information, transformation is the point of the learning to which we are called. The amount of information available to the average person these days is astounding. And so is the ease with which that information can be obtained. A few years ago, those who study such things said that the amount of knowledge in the world doubles every five years. Now, I don't know how in the world they would measure that or even what that means, but I know that the pool of information available to us is growing exponentially. One estimate is that last year, in 2011, people consumed 2.6 zettabytes of information. A zettabyte is 10 to the 21st power. It's a million, million gigabytes. Now, to put that in terms that I can understand in the immortal words of the great philosopher, Little Richard, <laughs> there's a whole lot of information gathering going on. But that's not the learning to which we're called, the collecting of information. What we're called to is transformation, becoming people who love God with all we are and all we have. Moses spoke these words to the Israelites just after receiving the law from God in that mysterious encounter on Mount Sinai. He heard God speak, and there God revealed to Moses that he didn't call the Israelites out of Egypt simply to move them to another place, to the safety and security of the promised land. There Moses learned that God wanted the Israelites to be his people, his family, he wanted a continuing relationship with them. He wanted them for his own. God had a plan for people, a plan that would bring them happiness and prosperity, fulfillment and security, all the things they did not experience back in Egypt. And distilled down to its essence, the plan was this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. That's what the commandments of the Lord boiled down to, loving God with everything. This is God's plan for living, not keeping commandments for the sake of keeping commandments, but obeying God and learning to love him more and more each day, to love him wholeheartedly. So learning is bringing one's life into conformity with God's design and desire for us. Now, I suspect that you've heard that before, whether you were part of that church or that other church. It's nothing new to us. But did you ever think of loving God as the content, as the subject 
of Christian education. Jesus said to love God with all heart, soul, mind, and strength is the first and greatest commandment. All God wants us to do and be is summarized there. If there's one thing that we should learn and teach to others, that is it. How to be a Theophilus, a God lover. That means that what is to be taught and learned, what is to be shared and passed on within a generation and from your generation to the generation that follows you is not propositional truth. It's not facts, not even facts about God. Rather, it's relational truth. What it means to live with God, life with God, what it means to love him with all heart and soul and strength. We are to learn from each other. We are to teach our children what it means to love God completely and totally. And that's not accomplished by learning all the facts about God. Facts are important, and you ought to learn them, but facts alone don't build the living, loving relationship into which God is calling each one of us. Knowing the facts doesn't equal loving the one whom those facts described. If you've ever been in love, and I hope you have, could I show? No, we won't have people raise their hands on that one. If you've ever been in love, you know that facts don't equal love. I was once consulted by a young man who wanted to get married. He was desperate to be in love, to find a woman to love. And so he started with the facts. He took all the eligible woman, women that he knew, and even some that he didn't know quite well, even just somewhat attractive women he had heard about, and he made a chart for each one of them, a spreadsheet. In one column, he wrote all the facts about her, which made her desirable, and he assigned to each of those characteristics a numerical value. For example, loves dogs might get a score of three. And in the second column, he listed everything about that particular woman, which did not measure up to his standards. And he assigned a negative number to that. For example, loves cats, uh, minus 237. And in a third column, he did the math. And at the bottom of the page, he had the score. And his intention was to approach the women in order. The highest score first, and then the next, and then the next, until he found the, the right woman for him. Of course, uh, blessed with the intelligence that every pastor possesses, I, I told him that's not the way it works. That's not love. But suppose he carried through his plan and started to contact the winners one by one. Can you imagine that phone call? Hello, Sally. This is uh, Frank. Uh, you, you don't know me uh, very well, or maybe not at all, but, but I feel like I, I know you quite well, and I've decided, well, actually, my spreadsheet of facts has decided for me that you are the one. We ought to be married. Would next Saturday be convenient for you? <laughs> well, crazy, right? Facts aren't the basis for love. 
And it's to love him that God calls his people. That's the goal of learning, life learning. That we would learn to love God fully and completely. Not that we would learn all there is to know about him, but that we would enter more fully into life with him, loving him with all we are and all we have. Do you see the difference? Many theologians have not yet learned to love God. Many lifelong church people haven't experienced much of that relationship. Champions of Bible trivia or Awana memorizing may have their prizes, but they have missed the point of all that learning unless they have learned to love God with all they have. To learn is to move forward into loving God more fully. To say it another way, the goal of Christian education is not to get smart, it is to get right. Learning is, is advancing in being like Jesus, in attitude, in action. It's learning for the transformation of life. That's what learning is going to be about in this Nova community. Second, secondly, it's life learning because it's learning in life, not just for life, but in life. Verse 6, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Learning is done in the midst of life. We often forget that the biblical pattern of teaching and learning is that, learning in life. We, we attempt to substitute formal programs, classes, for something that's meant to be continual and impromptu and spontaneous and informal and life-based. The method that God prescribes is not to take time out from life every once in a while, weekly, for an hour or two on Sunday perhaps to do a little teaching and learning to be this community of learners. Rather, learning is supposed to happen in the process of living, in the home and on the street, before you go to bed and early in the morning when you get up. Every place is a classroom. Every experience is a lesson. Every parent is a teacher. Every child is a student. Every friend is a teacher. Every friend is a learner. There is no time that is not learning time. That's how people learn to love God fully as life happens. The specific instructions that Moses gives here are meant, I believe, to be taken figuratively, not literally. At home and along the road mean everywhere you are, everywhere you go. Tie them on your hands and bind them on your foreheads and write them on your doorposts and gates mean don't forget God and his way. Keep loving God in mind and at hand and in view always. You probably know that these verses are the origin of that traditional Jewish practice of wearing phylacteries or uh, having posted by your door a mezuzah. Maybe you've seen an Orthodox Jewish man wearing phylacteries. They're called tefillin by pious Jews today. And they're those little square boxes that contain tiny scrolls of portions of Exodus and Deuteronomy written on them. And before morning prayers, some 
tie those to their hands and they wrap leather straps ritually seven times around their left arms and then they tie one to their foreheads with knots done in the shape of Hebrew letters that stand for God. Thus literally keeping the command of God on their hands and on their foreheads. And a mezuzah has a similar function. A mezuzah is that little container you might find hung on the door frame of a Jewish home. It too contains handwritten portions of scripture and is put there to fulfill the Mosaic law here in this text, literally writing the command to love God fully on the doorposts of your homes. But I don't think that's what we're to make of these verses, though I will have on sale on the plaza mezuzahs and phylacteries this morning. (laughs) I think God was saying, so order your life so that you are always mindful of me and never forget me and my ways and my intention, that you always be learning to love me with all heart, soul, and strength. Keep my command in the forefront of your mind. I think it's interesting that in the modern study of the human brain function, the prefrontal cerebral cortex, that part of your brain that is right there, just a fraction of an inch behind your forehead, put your finger there. If you could touch maybe a quarter to a half of an inch of an inch farther into your body you'd be touching the prefrontal cortex. I, I think it's interesting that they've discovered that that is the place in the brain where you make decisions to take action on a thought. That's where you decide to act in a particular way, right there. The prefrontal cortex handles your behavior, right there between your eyes on your forehead, just a fraction of an inch behind your skin, is where you decide whether to keep the word of God, that we are to love him with everything we are and everything we have. Keep my word right there so that you don't forget how to act. And if necessary, write it on the door of your house. So every time you come and every time you go, you'll remember me. Look at verses 10 through 12 and you'll see what I mean. When the Lord God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you, a land with large flourishing cities, houses filled with all kinds of good things, wells you did not dig, vineyards and olive yards, groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. The danger, you see, that was that once they were settled in Canaan, they would forget the Lord and stop pursuing him with an ever-growing love. Remember, don't forget. And so we're called to recognize what learning is and to realize it as a 24-7, 365 kind of thing. This is our vocation. This is our occupation. Christian education is not a church program. It is to be everywhere and all the time, whenever and wherever the people of God are. Now, I can't leave this text without saying a special word to parents. 
The text says, impress them on your children. Children are easily impressed. Have you noticed that? They're easily impressed. The question for every parent and for everyone who cares about children is, who's impressing your children? And with what are they being impressed? Consider your children or your friend's children or those neighbor kids. What are they learning? What are they being impressed with as they go through life? Several years ago, a family life specialist surveyed hundreds of children across the country to determine the three things that fathers say most often to their kids in responding to their kids. And here are the top three. In first place was, I'm too tired. In second place was, we don't have enough money for that. And in third place was, keep quiet. Notice that love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength did not make it into the list. Nova will be a church of learners committed to do more than gather information, committed to transformation of life. Learning at Nova is everyone's privilege. Teaching at Nova is everyone's responsibility. Our intention as leaders is to support and equip, equip and train and encourage every Novaite or Novanian, whatever we're going to call ourselves, to constantly be learning and passing on to others life's big lesson. Here's how to love God with all you are and all you have. As we close this part of our morning together today, the musicians are going to come back right now to the platform and they're going to lead us in singing again, Cry of My Heart. Will you stand and sing with us, please? Teach me your holy ways, O Lord, so I can walk in your truth. Open my eyes so I can see the wonderful things you do. Open my heart up more and more and make me wholly devoted to you.